<laughs> Good morning. We're so glad that you're with us this morning as we celebrate mm -hmm. the resurrection of Christ. Yes. Yes. Jesus died. He was buried in the grave. And on the third day, what? He rose again. Yeah. So Christ is yes. risen. He's risen indeed. He's risen indeed. Amen. So let's just pray before we begin and ask the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Although his presence has been here, the worship was just awesome. <laughs> yes, glory. Father, we are so forever grateful yes. for your plan of redemption that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for us, to be resurrected, to pay the penalty for our sin. Hallelujah. Make Thank a way you, for us to be with you, yes. as sons and daughters, children of God forever. So Jesus, we just want to tell you this morning, you're beautiful. Yes, you are. You are our humble servant. You are our king. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to uh, help us to open up our mind, open yes. up our heart this morning, to see Jesus clear, to yeah. you know, love him dear, as they say, and to understand, Lord, and to be partakers, yes. Lord, of the power of the gospel message yes. this morning. And we just give you all the thanks and glory. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very crux and foundation of our Christian faith. Mm -hmm. It proves that he was the Son of God. The resurrection of Jesus proves that he was the Son of God. That's right. You know, many times when you read the Gospels, you read of all these miracles, and, and they're wonderful, and they're powerful. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. But those are not the things. That's not the thing that the Scripture says proved right. that he was the Son of God. Uh, Roman, this is going to be up on the PowerPoint. Romans 1.4 says this, according to the spirit of holiness, there you go. he, meaning Jesus, was openly designated the Son of God in power in a striking, triumphant, and miraculous Woo! manner by his resurrection from the dead. Yes. Even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we are thanking God that that resurrection took place for us. Yes. Because the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then, then our faith is just mere delusion. Right. This is all futile, what we're doing. Our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Because if that's the case, if he was never raised from the dead, you and I are still under the control and the penalty of our sin. Praise so God. when we think about his resurrection, don't think about it just in terms of power, like God using his mighty power, which he did Amen. to raise Jesus from the grave. And we just go, wow, you know, what a resurrection. He, he, he rose to heaven. The mighty power that raised Christ from the grave and caused him to be ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of the Father, which Hallelujah. is a place of authority. Yes, what he was doing with that resurrection power, that mighty power, was defeating sin for us. Yeah. It was defeating death for us. That's right. And so he triumphed in his resurrection. <laughs> he was like telling the whole world, Woo! I conquered sin and death <laughs> for you, for me, for anyone who will believe. Yes. Because scripture says that he was betrayed in Romans 4. We don't have this on the screen, but Romans 4 says he was betrayed and put to death for our misdeeds. Mm -hmm. He suffered. He was on the cross not for what he did. He was sinless. That's right. He died for our misdeeds, and he was raised to secure 
our justification. And that word justification means you're absolved from the penalty of your sin. Cleansed. Wiped away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So without his resurrection, we would all still be under the control of sin. The penalty of sin. And if that's the case, then we have no forgiveness. Ooh. And if we have no forgiveness for our sin, the Bible says, according to heaven's court, that's right. according to the judgment seat of Christ, we are all doomed. We are all condemned to death and hell. You know, the Bible says something interesting about sin. It says in this, the first part of Romans 6.23, this is on our screen. It says, for the wages which sin pays is death. The wages. Sin pays a wage. Think mm. about it. So just as a person, you're out here, you probably, you're, everybody's mostly has a job working 40, 50 hours, how many hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. You get a paycheck for that. At the end of the week, let's say you get your wages. You open it up. It's like, this is what I've earned. These are my wages for the, yep, that's, that's what I did. I worked hard for that. Well, the Bible uses the same analogy when it talks about the wages which sin pays in our life. It's a similar analogy. So in other words, your sin, my sin, if it's not forgiven, it's going to pay a wage. Right? Yeah. It's like you're going to open up at the end of your... Well, sin actually pays a wage all throughout our life because the Bible says that we reap what we sow. So if you... But at the end of your life, if you've never had your sin nature wiped clean by the blood of Jesus, it's like you're going to open up your life's paycheck and go, (laughs) and it's going to have D-E-A-T-H on it in big black letters. Death. Mm. If you've never had your sin forgiven, your paycheck is going to read death for you. This is the wages for what you've earned. You've earned it. Right. And this is what the Lord is going to say. Well, you earned it. It's not going to please him to say that. And it's not just physical death that Jesus conquered. Right. We're talking about two types of death. Our bodies will give out and die. But after our physical death, the Bible talks about eternal death. The second death. The second death. It's a place of, it's hell and a place of eternal torment. And this should scare us. This should actually frighten us that this is the future. This is what we face in our future. But the good part, the second part of Romans 6.23 says this. It says the first part, for the wages which sin pays is death. But the bountiful free gift of God is what? Eternal Eternal life life through Jesus Christ our Our Lord. Lord. So this is why we're celebrating today. This is why we say, yes, Jesus Christ is risen. We get excited about it because in his resurrection, he made a way for us to escape the wages for our sin. Oh, praise God. And and even the coming wrath, the Bible talks about the wrath of God that's coming. There is a judgment for sin that will be settled at the end of this age. That's right. And so God gives us an opportunity now. You say, well, how do I partake of the bountiful free gift of God? We repent of our sin. Amen. And we believe in the free gift. We receive the free gift. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Oh, yeah, praise That's the good Jesus. news it's, of the gospel. Yes. That is the good news of the gospel. Yeah. Jesus, the Son of God, sent by the Father, again, born of a virgin. He took on human flesh. He became like us. And then he, the Father anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Yeah, amen. But, you know, he became our substitute. Our substitute. Our substitute. Glory to God. Because Jesus willingly paid the price that those wages were due for you, for me. He did it out of love. I mean, he did it out of love. It's not just your sin. It's not just my sin. It's for every person on this planet. Every person. All of that penalty fell upon Jesus only God could handle that (laughs) and he Jesus knew the mission the father had given him he knew why he came to this earth he knew what was going to happen to him and out of love he was obedient to the father even walking to the death of the cross There's a scene in Chosen, the movie, the little, has anybody seen The Chosen? Oh my gosh, you got to check it out. It's pretty amazing. One of the uh, scenes that was in it was Jesus walking in the outskirts of a small town. Uh, There was a, a cross and there was a man on the cross being crucified. And, you know, really, the death on a cross is is torturous. It's, it's humiliating. You're stripped naked up there. You're nailed to this cross. You're nailed to this tree. You're, you are, the shame of all of that is upon you. Because everybody came out to watch. Ultimately, you know what happens? You suffocate. It's torturous is what it is. But that scene in The Chosen, Jesus is walking through there. And in the near distance in this the scene that he, he, he looks at the, the guy upon the cross. And you can almost, as you look at this and watch it, you can almost feel what he's thinking. Yeah. You can almost feel his emotions because he knows very soon he's going to face that same death. Yeah. Now the government would say, that's justified. He's getting paid wages for what he did. But Jesus never sinned. Never sinned. Think of it. Never sinned. He was perfect. He never broke any laws. Not one. And the cross was a penalty he did not deserve. But Jesus willingly died in humiliation on that cross for you. And for me, he's there paying our personal sin debt. But not just yours, mine, your next door neighbor, the one sitting next to you, next to you, next to you, next to you. Again, only God could pay this price. In John chapter 15, verse 13 the scripture Jesus is speaking here. He says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. 
Love motivated Jesus. And you know what? Righteousness was our greatest need. And our works could never give us righteousness. You know that old song that says, he paid a debt he did not owe. And we owed a debt we could not pay. <laughs> we all, everybody on the planet, everybody who's ever walked on this planet, the thing that we need most is the righteousness. We need cleansed from our sin. And it's just like what Pastor Mamie, it's not just the deeds, it's a sin nature that you have, and you cannot get rid of it other than Jesus Christ and his blood. That's the only way that we'll ever be welcomed in heaven, to be a child of God, a son and daughter of the living God, walking with his life within. These are spiritual things that we need to embrace and live out. Yes. And the Holy Ghost will help us do that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so the only way, the only way that we can become righteous and uh -huh. holy, because people think, well, how do I get to heaven? Well, heaven is a perfect place. Heaven is sinless. Amen. Amen. And so how many of us are without sin? Yeah, I'm glad nobody raised their hand. <laughs> Everybody's honest in here yeah. today. <laughs> and there is only one way to right. qualify for heaven then. How do we become righteous? How can we become holy and blameless? And this is really the requirement of heaven. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people think, well, you know, you ask them the question, do you think you'll go to heaven when you die? And they're like, well... Often people just kind of contemplate whether or not I've done enough good deeds or bad deeds. Like, have, am I a pretty good person? Mm -hmm. Come on. It's really not based on whether you're a pretty good person. <laughs> you know, because we do hope. People say, well, I hope that I think I've done enough good things to outweigh mm. the bad things that I've done. But your good works, <laughs> yeah, are like a filthy rag. They don't qualify for right. perfection they don't qualify for blamelessness Ooh. how could we ever become blameless and righteous before god and that's really what god is inviting us into he's saying yeah. if you want to be welcomed into heaven you must become like him yeah and so our good works don't have the power to cleanse us from no all unrighteousness, and that's really what it takes, all, all unrighteousness and sin. And so you stop and think about your life, you, know, you judge your life and take a look at your life and think, well, if God would judge us, say, even by the Ten Commandments. Ooh. We're, all dead. We're all dead is right. <laughs> and and I, I mean, the sad part is many times if you say, well, do, you, do we even know, do we know the Ten Commandments? I mean, the first one, people are breaking all the time, you know, not putting, not saying that the Lord is God, he is one, and he is holy, and we should have no other gods before him, because people make idols. We, we have other idols in our life that we bow down to before we bow down to the Lord. And we do, I mean, most every, everybody in here has broken the Ten Commandments, commandments. hopefully not the one is, that says thou shalt not murder or kill. Hopefully there's nobody in here that is broken that commandment and that's what that commandment says 
Thou shall it, not, it says murder. kill, but it means murder. Absolutely. But actually in the new covenant, Jesus says if you hate your brother and you're angry with your brother, you're in danger of hell because it's like murdering him in your heart. Yeah. So the, the qualifications actually under the new covenant of grace, we tend to think grace makes it easier. Grace actually makes the path narrower. That's right. Because now we have, if you're a born-again believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit on, on the inside of you to help you overcome that's right. sin in your life that still wants to dog you. And so if God would judge us, of course, like say by the Ten Commandments, we'd all say, well, we've all broken it, broken those commandments if we stood before him today. And you couldn't, just like going to a court of law today, if you broke, if you committed a crime, let's say you committed murder and you're before the judge and you're like, I know I did commit that crime, you admit to it, but I've done some good deeds. I have served in a soup kitchen and I, I've given a lot to charity. I mean, any judge who's righteous would say, well, that's good that you've done that. I'm glad that you've done that. But that has no bearing yes. on the crime that you've committed and the penalty that you deserve for this crime. Those good deeds cannot yes. retake, save you from the wages that this sin is going to give you. And so our good works cannot cleanse us. Cannot make us right before God. Mm -hmm. Only the blood of Jesus That's can do right. that. That's right. Hallelujah. That's the payment that he accepts. That's what he was doing on the cross. Yes. He was paying the penalty, the wages for our sin. And so he says in Ephesians 2.8, this is up on our PowerPoint. Awesome scripture. Because our works cannot do it. It says it's for by grace you've been saved. See, it's God's grace that saves us through faith. Yes. And this is not of yourselves. It's nothing that you had in and of yourself. This is God's grace that did it. Not of works, verse 9. There you go. So that no one should boast. And so salvation is offered to you and me as a free gift. And it's offered to sinners and undeserving people. That's right. I mean, I, we hear people sometimes say, well, I tried that Jesus thing. Hmm. I tried that going to church thing. It really didn't do what I thought it would do for me. It didn't do that much for me. Or people just walk away from their faith. How many of you have ever maybe heard that? See, but if you come to Jesus on the basis of thinking, I, I want him to make my life better. I, I'm coming to you because you say you give life, and I want my life to just be better and happier. If that's why you come to Jesus, you've completely misunderstood that's right. the message of the gospel. Come on now. Because the message of the gospel is that God, Jesus, God sent his son Jesus to die for sinners, for people who were in need of cleansing, to give us eternal life, to give us his resurrection life, and, and this is often missing from preaching, and to save you and I from the judgment to That's come. That's right. It's coming. From the wrath of God for sin, the judgment to come. There is a coming judgment for sin. And if your sin is not forgiven, you will fall under the wrath of God. And so people in the early church understood this. They rejoiced. They said, we're escaping the wrath of God. <laughs> now people often come to Christ because 
I want my life to be better. And happy. And happy. And sometimes we just want to add a little bit of Jesus to our life and see what happens. See if things get better. The truth of the matter is anybody who's walked with Jesus for any length of time finds out it doesn't get better. It does, but it gets more difficult, doesn't it? Because it becomes a narrow path. Come on. And you end up finding out as you read Scripture that Jesus says, except a man give up his life. There you go. You cannot find life. And so as we begin to walk with Jesus, we realize he's going to say, I want you to give up your old life and take on my new life. Now, that's difficult. We all know that. But he gives us the grace to do it. Yes. Hallelujah. And so it takes often a revelation of your own sinfulness to really understand the gospel. Yep. Like to come face to face with it and see the, yeah, the, the kind of the, the darkness, the blackness of your sin. Yeah. And that you and I have sinned against the holy and righteous God. The fear of the Lord. That's what we pray. Yeah, is the beginning of wisdom. And our nation, our culture needs the fear of the Lord to sweep through and sweep through our minds and understand he's God and we are not. And he's the creator. He's the almighty one. And he's the one we're going to all have to face someday on judgment day. That's true. And when we see our own rebellion, that I keep doing my own thing, I keep sinning against God, and we realize you're storing up wrath for yourself, except that we fall under the mercy and blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so when you see that, when you really come to grips and you actually see that, like, I am a sinner, and without the saving grace of God, I'm doomed. You run to him, right? Come on. You run to the light. Like, you want to hold on to the light. You don't see it like, well, I'm going to try this light for a little bit. It's like, try it. <laughs> you need it forever. Like, why would you ever let go of it? If you let go of it, where are you going to go? Back down into the depths of hell one day then. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Jesus made a way for every sinner, every sinner, even the worst sinners, to be forgiven and made new in Christ. Yeah. He took on our sin. He became sin, the Bible says. On the cross, he became sin. Yeah. Out of love. To rescue you. So when we put our faith in that, the Bible declares we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Without that righteousness in God, without his righteousness, his robe of righteousness that he places on us, you're not getting in. Yeah. Yeah. You're no way. You know, but what kind of love? I mean, seriously, what kind of love come and lays down their life for for the worst of the worst? Yeah. Yes, only God. You know, in Romans chapter five, it says this. This is an interesting, interesting. Romans five verse seven. It says this. Very rarely. Will anyone die for a righteous person? Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare die. (laughs) You know, you see these movies, I'll take an arrow for my buddy, or 
if you're a cowboy, you know, cowboys and Indians. <laughs> or you, you, if you're in the service, you know, you're, you're one of these persons that could take a bullet. You know, but here's what's amazing. God, keep reading here, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Gosh. Since we now have been justified, listen to that word, justified by his blood. If we're justified by his blood, does that mean I can keep doing what I'm doing and get away with it because I can always come back? Well, I'm justified under the blood of Christ. I'd check up on your salvation, my friend. That doesn't work in the courts of heaven. Just like Pastor Mamie says, Scripture says, Jesus said, unless you give up your life, you can't be my disciple. This is very serious. You know, God demonstrates his... Look at. let me keep reading. We're justified by his blood. Justified by his blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? If you read the Bible, you know wrath is coming on this earth. And if you read it, the book of Revelation is not going to be a good picture for anybody. Nobody. But God demonstrates his great love for us. He, he loves the people of the world. Even when we were lost. And so you, can, you can own this. Even when I was at my worst. You know what? He was willing to go to the cross and pay my sin debt for me. And we all have a past. All of us. And he was willing to go out of love. To be tortured and stay on that cross because it was our sin that held him there. Yes, it was. Jesus died so we could know him. He says, learn of me. We can't just pretend we're a Christian come Sunday. No, he says, learn of me. That means you're reading the word. And when you're reading the word, you know what? It's a spiritual reality that what happens if you yield your heart to it, then he starts to put his nature in you, you and I start to think like God. What we used to do, we know that's not the way. My life has changed. See, because when you come into Christ, your life's changed. It's like you walking on the, if it was me, I'm walking on the highway, and I get hit by a Mack truck, you know what? My life would be changed. your life has changed in Christ. Jesus died for us so we could know him and have his righteousness, have his resurrection life within us and be saved from the wrath to come because it is coming and you can't pray it away. When you read through the Easter uh, stories in the gospel, we see Jesus, you know, <laughs> his love for undeserving people. 
we always think that the, the, the disciples were pretty awesome dudes, and, and they were, but, you know, at the Last Supper, the Last Supper, the 12 men that were closest to him, he lived and taught with them for three years constantly. He was with them all the time. So he knew their weaknesses. <laughs> he knew their faults. He knew their pride because they were arguing who was going to be greatest in Jesus' kingdom. I think it's going to be me. No, no, no. I, I'm, you know. He knows they're arguing about who's going to be greatest. He knows that Judas is about to betray him for 30 pieces of silver. He knows that Peter is going to deny him three times. He knows that Pilate is going to release a criminal and take him. That criminal's name is Barabbas. Barabbas gets released. An innocent one goes to the cross. Willingly obeying the Father's will. You know, we could worship him because without him being obedient and doing what he did and going through all that torture, we would not be saved. So Jesus is accused unjustly, you know, by Pilate, and they release a wicked... Sinner, a prisoner, his name is Barabbas. Yep. In, in, all four Gospels mention the story of Barabbas. He's described as this notorious yeah, prisoner. A <laughs> he's a murderer. He's an insurrectionist. He's just a, a thug. I mean, he's a creep, <laughs> really. He committed crimes that were definitely worthy of execution. Yep. He should have been executed, but they released him. Yeah, they released him from his crimes and let him go free. And so when we read through these gospel accounts about Barabbas, you know, it is easy sometimes to just read him and just go, what a thug, a creep, you know, he's just, and go on. But there is a deeper truth we want to correlate, we want to bring out. Yep. um, As we take a look at the story, we're not going to put it all up on PowerPoint. We're going to read, though, from Matthew 27, verses 11 to 26. Yeah, you could turn that in your Bible, Matthew 27. If you want to follow along. Yeah, we encourage you to. Matthew 27. Starting. Starting in verse 11. It says, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, You've said so. Well, when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. And then Pilate said to him, do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But Jesus just stood there silent. He gave no answer, not even to a single charge. Mm. And so the governor was amazed, greatly amazed. And now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner that they wanted. Mm-hmm. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus who's called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up to him. Verse 19, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I've suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy 
Jesus. And the governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus who's called the Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? And they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourself. And all the peoples answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released them for them Barabbas, having Jesus scourged and delivered him to be crucified. So what was, what's the deeper truth that we see here about Barabbas? The release of Barabbas. A wicked man given undeserved freedom. You and I are Barabbas. What? (laughs) You and I are Barabbas. And just like Barabbas, we've rebelled against God. We are prisoners to the power of sin. Sin is destructive. It's ugly. We know it. It binds you. It puts you in chains. It holds you captive. We're Barabbas. We say he didn't deserve his freedom. Truth is, we don't deserve our freedom either. We were all guilty in the court of heaven. Guilty. Now Romans 3.23 says this. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now listen, your past not be, might not be like Barabbas. <laughs> but I'll tell you, sin, one sin, one sin causes us to miss and fall short of the glory of God. One sin. One thought that's wrong. Pastor Mamie just said, Jesus told us, that if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. Do we need to be cleansed? Every one of us. So we cannot ever ever earn our way into heaven, live a sinless life. This is why God sent his son Jesus. I think most everybody has heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Here. would believe on him, yes. believe meaning believe this message of the gospel that we're telling you this morning, would not perish, <clears throat> but find everlasting life. And so he loved mankind enough to send his son to people like even Barabbas. That's right. Like Barabbas, you know, we are the prisoners the same way, being set free. What can you say? You know, this, this resurrection morning, we're left with the same question that Pilate asked. 
What shall I do then with this Jesus? That's an important question for you this morning. You can stand back and say, I don't want anything to do with him. You can push him away and say, you know, leave me alone. You can open your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I see my sin and I want to turn away from it. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. And I want to welcome you into my life. That's the best thing you could do. That is the best thing you could do. It's the safest thing you could do. Trust him with your whole life. Trust him with your whole life. Pastor Mamie said this earlier. You, you want to run to the cross. You want to lay hold of Jesus who loved you and died for you. Let's just freely confess like Barabbas. <laughs> I deserve death. I deserve the judgment. I deserved hell. But this Easter morning in 2022, let's cling firmly, firmly to the glorious truth. Savior who suffered for you in our stead. Yes, yes. And by believing in Him, the guilty go free. Yeah. <laughs> what love is that? I pray that God, you would give us the grace to believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Father God, that we could crown him as our Savior yes. and our Lord. Yes, Lord. And if you desire to give your life to Jesus today, I'm asking you to just simply raise your hand so that it's an act of faith. Yeah. Saying, yes, Jesus, I recognize my condition. anybody else don't resist the working of the Holy Spirit yes because you and I are not guaranteed tomorrow we tend to live our life thinking well I have days and days ahead of me but you don't know the number of your days and I don't believe anybody is in here by accident or just coincidence the Holy Spirit has drawn you here this morning Is a good time to get your life right with God. You, you might be a believer. But just saying you're a believer isn't enough. You got to live the life. And you need to get your life right with God right now. You got to make that determination. Lord, I cannot do this myself. I cannot overcome this myself. But I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm giving this over to you, Jesus. And I'm asking the power of the Holy Spirit to abide in me to walk away from that lifestyle. Yes. To cleanse my life. To make my life pure, Lord. That I can stand before you with confidence and not with shame. Yes. Not backing away at your appearance. You need to do that. So let's just close in a prayer then. 
Father, we just thank you for the power of your gospel. For Lord, your word says that the power of the gospel can save us. There is supernatural power in the words and the understanding. And so, Father, we, we open up our heart. We open up our lives to you. Yes. Teach us and show us, Lord, where we all stand in light of eternity. And help us, Lord, by the power of your grace, your love, your goodness. You're drawing people to yourself. And we thank you, Father. And in the days ahead, Holy Spirit, we ask you, we give you permission yes. to follow us, go with us, teach us, guide us, open up our eyes to see some of the things that we've heard in your word this morning. For we know you love us. We worship you, Lord. And so we just praise you for your resurrection. Yes. We go forth from this place, Lord, walking Hallelujah. in your life and in your truth. And in your joy. Yes. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.